Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. Thank you for joining us for this sermon. You can find all of our sermons at holycommunion.net and our Facebook, YouTube, and podcast channels. Consider hitting like or subscribe. Consider sharing this sermon with others. It helps us to reach more people like you. We are so thankful to those who support our ministry. You can give today at holycommunion.net backslash give. In the name of our loving, life-giving, liberating God, amen. Please be seated. Well, those of you who are regulars in person or online may have noticed something that I've given up for Lent, or maybe not. I was surprised how few people noticed that my beard was missing last night while we were having pancakes. This church is full of good Midwesterners not commenting on appearances. (laughs) Well, it was my first beard, and now it's gone. For Lent, I thought I could use a change. Our readings today have trumpets in common. Isaiah tells the people to blow the trumpet, announce a fast. In Matthew's Gospel, Jesus tells us not to blow a trumpet when we give to the people. I I didn't include an optional reading from the prophet Joel because I like the Isaiah so much, but Joel, like Isaiah, is in favor of trumpets. Joel says this, blow the trumpet, sanctify a fast. Sanctify a fast. What does that mean, to sanctify? It's an important word in Hebrew, sanctify. To sanctify is to make holy. We talk about sanctified things. We usually put the altar guild in charge of them around here. Bread and wine, water for baptism. When something is sanctified, it's imbued with meaning. It has a certain mystery, a certain magic to it, right? Well, sort of. The word in Hebrew means at root, set apart. Set apart, separated, marked off. What makes water holy for baptism? It is that we as a congregation set the water aside. We put it in a special bowl. We say prayers. We have a priest touch it with a candle maybe. We together set this water apart. Likewise with the bread, we choose to set this bread apart this wine apart. We mark it as separate from other kinds of bread and wine. That's what makes it holy, sacred, special. Sanctify a fast, the prophet Joel tells us. And don't just decide to give something up. Don't just decide arbitrarily to give up some kind of food that you love, chocolate, hamburgers, martinis. The why of the fast matters. Why are you giving up what you are giving up for Lent? Or why are you taking on the discipline you are taking on? I want to pause here for a pastoral disclaimer. I do this every Ash Wednesday. But if you will let a priest give you a word of admonition for Lent, let it be this. If you struggle with body image, If you have struggled with food throughout the year, please do not choose a Lenten discipline that involves restricting calories. Choose another discipline, 
one that helps you to love your body, one that helps you to name what is going on, one that helps you to feed your body and your soul. If you need help, I have some great colleagues who specialize in body image and eating therapy. I'd be happy to share their contact information. So how do you sanctify a fast? Lent is, in a way, sanctified time. Time set apart. You have 40 days. Decide how you want to spend them. I want to offer two small suggestions for disciplines. The first is simple, and there's a giveaway today. I'm encouraging the whole congregation to try a simple practice called the examine. There are free bookmarks in the entryways. You're welcome to take one home. It describes what the examine is. It can be a reminder. The examine is simple. You set aside a few minutes at the end of your day, and you take inventory of the day twice. And the first time, as you recall your day, you have to be disciplined. The first time, you're only supposed to give thanks. That can take some discipline for some of us. Brene Brown says that practicing gratitude is a countercultural practice and a necessary one. So remember your day. Find some small moments of joy. Find the moments that make you smile and give thanks to God. Then, and only then, does the examine allow you to go and do yet another inventory, go back through the day, and find the less delightful moments, the places that give you pause. Offer them to God, too. At the end, find a person, a memory, something in your day, and let it be the start of a prayer. That's it. It's simple. We often make prayer too elaborate. We often make Lent too elaborate. The examine will take you five minutes, just an offer. The second discipline that I'd offer this Lent seems counterintuitive at first. I didn't come up with this one. I owe credit to my friend Erin Weber Johnson. She's a lay theologian and leadership consultant. We've worked with her here at the church a couple of times. Some of you worked with her when we did a capital campaign a few years ago. Erin says that she believes this year we all need the discipline of joy. We need a discipline of joy. Because in some ways, we never really left Lent 2020. As the restrictions ease, as we all find our way into this strange new world, we need to practice joy. We need to find ways to celebrate, to laugh out loud, and to may take us some time to remember, it may take us some practice to remember joy. Laughter helps you take the tension out of your shoulders. A good laugh helps you to breathe deeper. As I look back on my life, four decades of it now, much of the time that to me is the most sacred is the time I have allowed myself to be the most joyful the time I have shared joy with others. What would happen if we let joy be among our Lenten disciplines? I offer those disciplines because while Jesus and the prophets may disagree on what to do with trumpets, they are both sure that your fasting should improve the lot of the poor. Your discipline should make the lives of the suffering a little easier. 
Lenten disciplines aren't meant to be self-improvement projects. That's thinking too small. God invites us to grow for the sake of others. God invites us to be more whole, that we might become, in the words of the prophet, repairers of the breach, menders of broken walls, restorers of livable streets. There are a lot of streets to repair in St. Louis. This Lent, if you are saving some money from not buying chocolate or alcohol, good. Maybe give that money to an LGBTQ organization in the Ukraine. You want to find people who dollar for dollar will fight back against Putin? Give it to the queer activists of Kyiv. Or fund partners like Christosal, who we work with, who fight alongside activists and women in Central America for democratic governance, right here in our sphere of influence. If you've given up social media for Lent, good. Spend some of the time you would have spent scrolling, volunteering. Come out to Laundry Love in a couple weeks. It's coming back with more volunteers, more community. If that's not for you, spend that time writing your state senators and legislators. Take a trip with our rabbi-in-residence, Rory Pickerniece, down to Jefferson City. Fight back against the guns in churches legislation, the bans on teaching history, diversity, and equity, the trans athlete ban, the bathroom bills. The Bishop of the Rio Grande wrote just on Friday after the policy, like what is proposed in our state, was made policy in Texas. And the bishop said this, I want to make it clear that recent attempts to criminalize the process of people becoming their true selves cannot be justified on the ground of our Christian faith or on the ground of human rights. I want the LGBTQ plus community to know that you are loved by God and that the Episcopal Church will always stand up to those who seek to threaten, bully, or endanger any child of God. This Lent, will your discipline help you stand up to bullies? There are so many heinous proposals this year down in Jefferson City that would hurt the vulnerable in our state. There's too many to count. Spend some time this Lent pushing back on hate and on violence. Fast in a way that lets you reinvest the remainder of your money, of your effort, of your time. Mark the time of Lent with a practice that helps you rebuild community. I guarantee, you don't get many guarantees from me in the pulpit, so let me give you one for Ash Wednesday. I guarantee if your discipline allows you to invest attention, time, or treasure in a way that lifts up the poor. If this Lent allows you to develop relationships with those who are persecuted, who are suffering, this Lent for you will become sacred time. You might find yourself practicing gratitude. You might even find yourself practicing joy. This Lent could matter much more than simply 40 days without chocolate or martinis or a beard. This Lent could help make our streets more livable.
Amen.